Welcome to the third episode of the Annals of the Rheumatic Diseases podcast. I'm Dr. Paul Stubnik from Austria. Today we're going to talk to Dr. Bridget Michelson and Professor Tori Queen. They work in the Department of Rheumatology at the Diakonemet Hospital in Oslo in Norway. We will be discussing their study on discordance between tender and swollen joint count, as well as patients and evaluators. Global assessment may reduce likelihood of remission in patients with rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis. Data from the prospective multicenter Nordimat study. This was also recently published, a lay summary titled Patient and Doctor Disagreement May Reduce Likelihood of Remission. So there's a great ongoing interest in the estimation of the patient's disease activity and its incorporation and impact in the definition of remission for patients with inflammatory arthritis. So, Dr. Michelson and Professor Queen, many thanks for accepting this invitation to participate in this podcast and sharing your insights on this topic. Thank you very much for inviting me. So my name is Tori Kvien. Thank you very much for inviting me too. I'm uh, Brigitte Mikkelsen. So would you like to start with providing us with a brief summary of the study? In the study, we have uh, aimed to investigate the predictive value of discordance between tender and swollen joint counts, as well as between patients and evaluators' global assessments for achievement of remission in patients with rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis. To investigate this, we use data from the Norwegian Disease-Modifying Anti-Rheumatic Drug Register, which is a Norwegian prospective observational multicenter study. This included 2,735 rheumatoid arthritis patients and 1,236 patients with psoriatic arthritis who started first-time tumor necrosis factor inhibitors or first-time metotrexate between year 2000 and 2012. Compared with the psoriatic arthritis patients, the RA patients were older, they had shorter disease duration and higher composite scores of disease activity. Still, they had lower discordance between tender and swollen joint counts and between patients and evaluators' global assessments. The predictive value of tender and swollen joint count difference and patients and evaluators' assessment difference for achievement of remission after three and six months follow-up was explored in pre-specified logistic regression models adjusted for age, sex, disease duration, and smoking. Baseline differences in number of tender and swollen joints and between patients and evaluators' global assessment were significant negative predictors for achievement of remission, both in RA and in PSA. We found that the patients with higher tender than swollen joint counts or higher patients than evaluators' global assessment were less likely to achieve remission. These findings were consistent across multiple remission criteria, including the DAS28, the S-type, the CDI, the ACI-Yola-Boolean, and APSA. At three and six months follow-up, as well as in subgroup analysis of TNF inhibitors and methotrexate-treated patients. Although for the latter, the findings were less consistent for patients and evaluators' global assessment difference, compared with tender and swollen joint count difference. So in conclusion, difference between tender and swollen joint counts and between patients and evaluators' global assessment constitute important predictors of remission and may be considered in the shared decision-making on treatment targets between the patient and healthcare provider in a treat-to-target strategy. What was the rationale leading to the conception of the study? I think it was 
two important uh, factors. First, we had data from uh, the Norwegian DMARD registry, as you heard, which was initiated in 2000. And the new DMARD uh, was different from most other registries by also including patients with psoriatic arthritis. So that means that we had a availability or an accessibility to a lot of uh, data, longitudinal data, in patients with psoriatic arthritis as well as rheumatoid arthritis. The second important background factor was that we have seen from randomized controlled clinical trials that the tender joint count usually is higher in patients with psoriatic arthritis than in patients with rheumatoid arthritis. And I think that also clinical experience often indicates that patients with psoriatic arthritis have more pain than patients with rheumatoid arthritis. So we wanted to go into these issues using the data from uh, NUDMART. Mm -hmm. And uh, which results in the study are most intriguing for you? Well, we have been intrigued by the way the study underlines the influence of patients' perspective on disease evaluation. As we know, tender joint count in patients' global assessment may both be influenced by pain. The level of pain is found to be multifactorial and may be influenced by, for example, adverse life events psychosocial factors, sleep disturbances, dispositional optimism, or other personality traits. Then uh, discordance between subjectively and objectively influenced measures of inflammation may reflect non-inflammatory factors that impact pain, which in turn may lead to misinterpretation of disease activity. Personally, I believe this study also raises the question whether there is need for complementary remission criteria in RA and PSA. For example, omitting patients' global assessments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So somehow, in the end, um, the question still remains: if the patient is really well, if even if we consider or accept the higher disease activity due to higher tender joints and/or patient global assessment. Well, if a patient has elevated composite scores of disease activity due to tender joint count or patients' global assessment, the patient may not be considered to be well because the patient through these patient-reported outcome measures has expressed not to be well. But still, the higher tender joint count or patient's global assessment may be due to non-inflammatory factors that impact pain. For example, chronification of pain because of central sensitization and conditioned pain modulation, influenced by personality characteristics like catastrophizing or little optimism. So if I can add something about the clinical implications of this study, um, I think that it is important for the treat-to-target uh, recommendations. We are Most clinicians are using treat-to-target in the management of patients with rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis. And the results of this study illustrates that there are personal factors related to tender joint counts and uh, patient uh, global assessment of activity that may influence the likelihood of achieving remission. So according to the treat-to-target recommendations, the recommendation number five, the choice of the composite measure of disease activity and the target value should be influenced by comorbidities, patient factors, and drug-related risks. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can elaborate, how would you distinguish between maybe residual inflammation that drives tender joints and patient global assessment and those other causes? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, I believe that often may be insufficiently answered in busy clinical settings. 
If a patient has tender joints without objective signs of inflammation or elevated patient's global assessments, even though evaluated as in remission by the physician, it would be reasonable to talk with the patient again first to find possible reasons for the discordance of the findings. For example, adverse life events or depression and anxiety may play a role in triggering sensitization in chronic pain, and questionnaires on health-related quality of life or depression and anxiety may be useful. Imaging modalities like MRI and ultrasonography may also be of great value. Thank you all for joining us on this third AID podcast. And if you want to read the paper and the lay summary in full, please visit the website aid.bmj.com. Thank you.